Welcome to a special episode of the Programmatic Digest podcast. I have also a special guest, and I know I say that with any every episode, but this is the truth about this one. Brett Middleton is joining us on a special series called the Programmatic Wellbeing Series. And so, Brett, thank you for coming to join us on this episode today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Actually, I'm very excited because this is a four series or five. Uh, episode series, and we're going to really focus on the well-being of programmatic traders, how to really talk about the real challenges, talk about like what automation means for us, talk about like the success of running a department, everything that they will need to know at any level of their career. So I really appreciate you being here. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, it's there's a lot to talk about. Hopefully we can get into it all in four or five episodes. And <laughs> You're right. Uh, we can have you back. It's cool. <laughs> Before we talk about the very first, I'm going to say installment of this series about programmatic challenges. Let's yep. have you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Okay. So again, my name is Brett Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been in media for about eight years or so now. I work at Canvas Worldwide out of LA uh, as the Associate Director of Programmatic, working on Stars Entertainment, which is an awesome client that I I love. <laughs> you know, um, it's I, I'm very blessed in that um, when you have a client that you like or even that you're interested in, yeah, it does make the work easier. That is uh, like super cool. What are the shows again that you worked on, or are you allowed to tell us? Uh, yeah, um, okay. I just can't. I you know I won't talk specifics. I can't give no. away all the all the the wonderful things. The that magic. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay. But yeah, you know uh, any of the power titles. Um, oh. You know, so Force Ghost, the original. Like I, I I joined the team back in January of 2022. Um, so campaigns over the last year. Or so if you've been served with a a programmatic ad or something through YouTube, um, I'm sorry you know, but it, <laughs> I, I can't help but they're good shows and we've got Party Down season three coming up that I'm super excited okay. about. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen Party Down, I recommend it. Um, okay. Adam Scott is, is one of the leads in it. Um, Jane Lynch was, was also in the cast back in the day. I think ever, I think she's coming back. Um, yeah, she is. It's, it's, it's a fun show. It's a comedy about these like waiter caterers in LA who were yeah. trying to make it that's really cool. Well, it seems like you're having a lot of fun because like the way you're talking about it, how passionate you are. So tell us a little bit about like how you got into programmatic. Like how did that, did you wake up one day or growing up, you were like, I'm going to be a programmatic media trader or expert. <laughs> that is how you would think it goes, but no. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, really. I was at an agency where I think like a lot of people um, mm-hmm. I worked on one or two clients mm-hmm. and any of the media that that came up that you had to buy, you just buy it. Like um, I would run paid social and search and it started out with like some display in YouTube, but that that became programmatic media mm-hmm. that, I, that I started investing in um, over, you know, several DSPs and um, several years and just to sort of ended up where I am. Like, honestly, it's a, um, I, I think that's just part of a career in media is that, um, yeah. you know, we, we often have an idea of of how we think our careers were go, are going to go but you really have no idea you have no idea you can only control how you feel about it <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that is really cool. That's really cool. Most of my experience have been agency. So that's how I gained all of my programmatic media trading experience. Um, I so as part of an in-house brand uh, programmatic team. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how that is for people, but yeah. I was on the agency side when I've been in programmatic. I have been mm-hmm. as part, I have been part of a brand side or media team, but mm-hmm. not programmatic. So I've worked for a pretty large agency that only had me on one brand. Mm-hmm. So still agency side, but it was only that one brand. And that's also, I feel, a very, very different perspective. Um, and that was fun because you got to really got a open personal with that brand, but it was a lot of work because the brand was already obviously a fairly large brand. So there was like multi-strategies within the DSP, within like search and social. So it was, it was a lot, but it was kind of fun. It's a different perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's funny is that like, like this whole episode is about sort of the mm-hmm. challenges of working mm-hmm. in programmatic and things that people can look out for and and work through. What's funny is that um, I, I feel like what we're talking about right now could could also could very easily fit into that whole situation. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges in programmatic. Honestly, it's a it's a tough field to to learn and get really adept at. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, people don't understand what we do. No, I like for real, like <laughs> they don't. Okay. No matter how many times I tell my dad, he's still like, yo, what is you doing, sis? What yeah. is you doing? I mean, um, a lot of people can't explain their careers to their parents, but like I, I can't explain my career to, or like the ins and outs of what I do to, mm-hmm. to people in media often. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um, and I think it's a good segue into this one question I like to ask all guests is to define your day to day to a five year old. So to you, I would say, define being a programmatic trader to my five-year-old niece mm. well i do have a six-year-old I'll, um define it to the six-year-old then that's... <laughs> um let's see uh i work for people that make a tv show mm-hmm. and I want to find people that will like that tv show and i have to figure out who those people are mm-hmm. and put something on their screen that's funny that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Um, so people search up things on the yeah. internet, um, and uh, you know, then I find then they they see things on the internet. I, I can I can tell her that I that I run ads on YouTube, and she'll she'll get excited. Well, yeah, like kids nowadays, I feel like are really advanced compared like a, me as a six year old. Obviously, we didn't have YouTube like that too. That's probably why. Um, but I feel like if you explain certain, like use certain terms they'll be able to capture and comprehend fairly fast. So I'm going to challenge you to go ahead and talk to her, I think you said, and see her reaction and then come back and tell us if she was, if she was like, if she was yeah. okay and confident after that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into today's no, what's conversation. Funny is, um, well, you know, what's funny is that like, I, yeah. I, she'll be on YouTube and I'll like, uh-huh. I'll, I'll mention that that daddy works on ads on YouTube and she knows what ads are and she's yeah. like already frustrated by them. You know, I, I <laughs> this is so funny because I have an almost three-year-old and when we watch YouTube, she gets upset when a commercial comes in between her, her, her content. And I know some people would be like, oh, there's YouTube kids, but ideally it's not as YouTube kids is not as it doesn't allow us to really control the content that we want. At least I haven't figured out a good, you know, sauce for it. 
And secondly, since my first language is French, it's important that she consumes as much French as possible and YouTube is great. So all the French or African-based uh, content that I can find are not on YouTube Kids. They're on the regular YouTube. So, yeah. so she, she's always like, ugh. And I'm like, dang, kid, we ruined you. We ruined oh. her. But anyway, it's okay. She'll survive eventually. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> talking about that, though, I do want to get into today's conversation, which is really exciting. It's basically what you said. Hi, did you know that at Ellen Parker Consulting, we now offer an accelerator program where we attract, recruit, and train future marketers. And their training include a six weeks program where they cover programmatic landscape, um, industry, important industry trends, the differences between targeting placement and targeting mix and their best practices, including optimization and reporting hacks. Um, and they're able to set up manage and monitor a campaign, a demo campaign in the trade desk, everything including audience selection, inventory optimization, SPO, creative upload, brand safety, you name it. They're able to do it at the end of the six weeks program. So if you are part of the 90% of employers struggling to find a skilled candidate today and not willing to spend $14,900 on a bad hire, according to Zipia, Give us a call. Let's discuss which one of our five to 10 juniors available every month is the perfect fit for your team. Clients who have hired our juniors have shared that we were able to help them save one to two months on boarding with those juniors. Give us a call right now and let's discuss the solution with you. What are the challenges from a programmatic tra trader? Let's talk about first, like, how it's hard to actually learn programmatic, like the limiting access that we have to education, which is actually one of the reasons why I do what I do today. But I do want to ask you for your perspective. What's like your top three to four point of view when it comes to like some of the challenges we go through? Mm, yeah, um, sort of the limited access that people have to learning programmatic, how difficult the entry into the field is that that's one of the concerns that I have because yeah. as someone who is trying to hire people very selfishly mm -hmm. uh, I would I would like the people weirdly I would like the people that I hired in mm -hmm. programmatic to have been able to have seen a programmatic DSP before which yeah. is like a very strange thing um, yeah. I mean it's, it's normal it like this like, it's less work yeah. for you right like why yeah. why would why do you think you would rather have somebody with experience I mean, there's you know, no judgment here. And, yeah. and I'm saying well, this because somebody's going to hear it and they're going to be like, oh, this is why, you know, and that's going to educate or help them too. I'll, I'll throw you a curveball here, though. And it's not even <laughs> necessarily that like I, as a hiring person, manager in programmatic, like I, I care greatly about the amount of experience that you have in programmatic. But I, I'm more frustrated that someone who wants to learn, you know, programmatic has such a hard time figuring that out like um if yeah. I want to learn how to run campaigns in DV360 right um you're pretty much completely out of luck unless you go through you know training courses yeah um, you get a job at an agency where they have an access have access to to DV360 and not only do they have DV360 but there's a program in place to train people who are not versed in it mm -hmm. and there's someone who's sort of holding yeah. the keys to the access to to make sure that people are are getting into db360 and learning it mm -hmm. um it feels really silly to me that you know google doesn't want to to allow like 
training access to to an advertiser account where there's no ability to buy media. Yeah. Um, agencies could take that on if Google's not willing to do it. I, I do think that agencies who run programmatic media or even any kind of media in general that that's paid media should be more willing to have people, you know, to, to sort of create training environments where people who are not necessarily employees, you know, vet them out if they're a student, if they, they want to learn media, create just a little yeah. program where people are able to, to, you know, within DV360, you can grant access to a specific advertiser. Yeah. That other people have, like, there's a lot of creative things that I think agencies could do to give people opportunities. Now, like. as part of this, like, this is a big part of why, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm working at Canvas, um, but I, I am also working on a, a passion project where um, I'm creating this website called, uh, it, the tentative site is called uh, The Daily Progger, um, mm -hmm. like short for programmatic. You know, I want to talk about some of the, the negatives of programmatic media and share tips and let people yeah. ask questions. And um, mm -hmm. one of my goals is to eventually have some like accessible DSP accounts where people can um, request access and I'll, I'll give them to them so they can go in and just uh, poke around and learn. That's great because I love that perspective because it's not only Google. I mean, it's hard to get access to the trade desk. It's hard to get access to like basis. It's hard to get access to Simplify. And I've reached out to some of the, not only mentioned, but like to a bunch of TSPs asking them like, you know, I have a learning, I have the program. I know, I, and I created this program because just like you, I was so frustrated of being a hiring manager two, three years ago and not being able to find anything. Like literally, I remember every single person that was part of my team, whether I was a manager or not at that time, training mm -hmm. them to some capacity. And because even if they have seen a DSP, there is still so much to learn. So can you imagine how not knowing what the F is programmatic, how to get in? And that's what my whole program is about. It's like introducing those people that are not only college students, but like career pivoters. Like they work in marketing and they want to learn something new or they want to find a really challenging job or they want to work on account at stars, right? Like they don't know how to get tap in because they don't, they, they don't even know where to get this education. So the program is basically like very fundamentals, but at the end of it, they're confident, comfortable enough, and they're consistent on how they see programmatic and the industry. Mm -hmm. And that includes hands-on DSP experience like the trade desk, because then one of my investors gave us access to the trade desk for that reason. And they're in agency. And so they also tap in on some of those, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. I love that. As soon as you have those, <laughs> those access, I already want to partner. And I'm not afraid to say it on this podcast because this is a serious problem, Okay. And I know there are some DSPs that are probably going to listen like, hey, this is free. You can sign up anytime. Well, yes. Help us make it more efficient for us. You know, there's a lot going on. So help us make it more efficient. Help us really market this to the consumer base. And I'll end with this is that people that are in this program that we launch are historically excluded. Mm -hmm. um, so they either look like me, they sound like me, they can relate to my background, second like immigration immigrant. You name it, like it's like second generation immigrant, excuse me. So it's just like we really are trying to not only diversify, but really make it accessible to learn. And the program is now free because anything that's free is not taken seriously. And I've learned the hard way. So the people that are currently in the program, those are the people that could benefit from content that, like you. Like you are an expert working right now. You have your journey. You're sharing it on your website. 
which will be all in the show notes, by the way, guys. It'll be in the show descriptions. Um, it'll be in the newsletter if you're in our newsletter. So don't worry if you, and Brett's information will also be there. So you can keep in touch with him. But I'll end with this. It's just like, it's important. And I, and let's talk about why is it so hard to access education, right? Yeah. Why does it feel like a lonely island sometimes? Because like it becomes very isolated. So why do you think this even happens? Because I have my opinion, but I want to hear yours first. <laughs> mm, yeah, I would say I'm going to try to, to to answer this without any kind of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I believe in you. <laughs> programmatic media is... Mm-hmm. is it's hard to understand. Um, I think a lot of people have a hard time grasping. Um, like if you're part of a big agency, like like I am, I work on a team uh, on a team where I have my partners in strategy, investment, whatever whatever they're called at, at your agency, where they're guiding really the overall media picture and programmatic fits in as part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that structure is very amorphous, right? It's it's like um, us as programmatic experts are asked to take a piece of well, of the overall strategy that we've been given and, and, and figure out how that works in there. Yeah. Um, and I often feel like we have to sell really right as part of that, like because people don't necessarily understand the ins and out of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people are a little bit confused about how programmatic and direct like digital media should work together. Mm. There's, there's not like, um, there's not like a clear, as clear of a structure and a flow as there is when someone's working in like paid search mm. where it's very simplistic. People are searching for keywords and it's triggering what we, you know, the search ads. Yeah. There's just a lot more about programmatic that I, that leaves us up to, to receiving questions and, Mm-hmm. My personal experience has been that programmatic just kind of gets its its little space and it's not mm-hmm. sexy. No one really l- pays attention to, pro- to programmatic, um, you know, unless we make mistakes. Yeah. And so that, that that is a lonely environment. Before we talk about like what makes a programmatic trader or programmatic media buying successful, unless let's pause right there. Let's really highlight what you said. It's exactly it. We because of the amount of technology, because of the amount of, I think it's because of the amount of targeting capabilities that we have access to, the amount of inventory, the amount of like data, it makes us more exciting and complex to work in the field of programmatic. It's not impossible. So don't get scared if you're just like, if you're in the rich and frequency program right now and you're listening to this, and you're like, what the fuck did I just sign up to? <laughs> Hang tight. It's not as scary as it sounds. Um, but it can feel very isolated. Why? It's because <clears throat> that is how the industry has molded the programmatic department to, to be. And let me explain. And some people are not going to agree, but I don't care. This is exactly how I, feel, uh, how I feel because I've lived it. Every single place I've worked with, so it's going to be very personal, but it's going to make sense from a general perspective. Every single place I've worked with had their own, this is our strategy. It's the million dollar secret sauce. Nobody else should um, hear about it. But yet, every single agency that I work with that use DV360, I'm like, y'all, y'all sharing the secret sauce because it's the same everywhere, right? But for that company, it's proprietary. It's like one of the kind. It's like unique. It's like we thought about it first. Like, a, and I'm like, 
maybe you thought about it first, but the reality is that everybody else that uses DB3CC are more likely to buy new on YouTube or, so, or, or vice versa. So mm-hmm. the reality is that because we think that programmatic is such like a special strategy and, and sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's just stupid how it's really not. Just like search, we bid the same way almost. Like just all of those DSP may have proprietary something, right? They may have some uniqueness like COA to trade us or DB360 and CM360 and compatibility with other Google products. But the buy still happens the same. Maybe it's not the same inventory, but this, there's nothing really magical about certain things. Now, the magic can happen in certain strategy depending on your client. Like how you're managing your campaign in stores and you go in an auto world might be different. And you might find that special secret sauce. I agree with that on a campaign basis. But it's crazy how I've worked with companies and they make you sign those long ass contracts that say, you're not allowed to work with our clients or you're not allowed to, to share any intimate information. But that's how I learned. And I'm going to take what I learned to be successful again. So I'm not going to tell you how much this campaign spend or all the like those, inter- like those, those information, the sensitive information. But if something worked for that account and I'm on a, I'm on a new job and there's a similar account, you best believe I'm using that, the same strategy. So there's nothing as unique as we think, right? So that is why most of those DSPs training are so like only access for clients, right? Or if it's free training, it's just the fundamentals. And all of those trainings, I've taken a lot of them for many DSPs over the years, and all of them are not as unique as we think. It's like almost the same information. It's just very tech related. So they forget the user. They forget us. It's almost like this is how great this technology is. But then... We, the traders, are using this technology. Like you forget to put us in that into that perspective. And so, so it's a real problem. It's annoying. So there's multiple things, right? In recaps, it's just like the fact that everything is so secretive. We think that we're the only one doing, <laughs> doing that. Uh, most technologies say that they have some type of proprietary tactic that nobody else has. Maybe in some cases that's the case, but reality is that competition like there's no monopoly unless you're well guarded and even so i don't think there's a real monopoly for you um and then secondly is like we tell the trader that whatever you're doing don't go out and talk about it because then you can't reveal our secret sauce but this there's no secret sauce let the trader go experience what something is out there so they can learn and and bring back that knowledge you know what i mean so that's my perspective so i i do think that there are pieces there there are always pieces of what we do that that mm-hmm. have to be sacred right always um, you, you like, never talk about budget talk about sensitive information planning. i yes. got you yes um but there should be things that we should feel more comfortable sharing and yeah. personally i think that and like there there, there are going to be benefits in investing in like you know tools and absolutely finding finding the the best audience partners that you can use right over time like building a book of partners that those are the people that you found the best performance with and so you keep using them the, yeah. like valuable things but i do personally believe that because of how isolated programmatic feels and mm-hmm. just to tie the loop on why i think that programmatic is kind of like a lonely island and not necessarily always from a bat like it's not exclusively bad let me say that first too mm-hmm. um is that like 
right? Like if you think about that media team, we sit within that, we develop a little strategy. It has to fit into the whole thing. Um, people don't understand what we do, like I've previously said, but like you said, there isn't really a lot of magic to it. It feels magical. It's very much like a Wizard of Oz kind of situation in my opinion <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I do think that the magic personally is in finding ways to not go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, burnout like to make your job easier part of my prep for this um i was looking through reddit the the program like the programmatic uh subreddit looking yeah. for complaints that people have in programmatic mm -hmm. with like that's the thing that i do fairly often mm -hmm. um just to see like what other things people are are talking about yeah, yeah what kind of questions with. are they asking yeah i was seeing a lot of people complain about the fact that um program it, it's uh -oh. such a it's such a silly thing, and I related to it at such a visceral level. Um, <laughs> if you're running like a in programmatic, it's you can run a million dollar campaign, a five or six million dollar campaign, and have have it underspend by a thousand dollars or overspend by you know one or two thousand dollars, and yeah. people will say like, "What the hell were you doing?" Mm -hmm. like, um, the amount of precision that's expected of us is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. No, like it's, and I think it's a good segue into the next part because, you know, in the preparation of this series, you and I had several conversations. And one of the things you said was like success means making no mistakes, you know, checking on your own mistake is very hard because one, I think you don't have no damn time to do that. Okay. Most department, most programmatic leads don't equip programmatic creators. We hate queuing other people's work too. Because yeah. It's hard to QA someone else's work. Mm -hmm. um, I do personally feel that the human brain isn't really set up to go through and QA like in a in like a DSP. It, it's very difficult to retain all the information that you're trying to check against and go through and make sure that all these little details are correct. Well, that is why I've learned, okay, with working some of the traders is that you're right. It's only hard to QA somebody else when there's not like a standard process. And that's the biggest thing. And that's what I say when, when people hear me say like the trader is not equipped to be successful. That's what I mean. Like there, you are expected, not you particularly, but you are expected to remember all those things by your brain. And I'm like, no, like, I don't even remember what I got for breakfast. I'm gonna write it down. We're going to create this checklist. It's not going to be sexy. And then we're going to go from there and we're going to adjust with different campaigns. But the way we say, the, the way we cure each other should be standard enough. It should be the same type of information we check every single campaign plus some. So no. I think that's I think that's one of the things that's really, really unsexy for a trader, like the QA checklist, like the the optimization, um, project management, because it forces us to step outside of the DSP and actually look at something else. But it's so important. It's really important to do that. And I know that we're going to talk about it next episode or in the next two, three episodes, like the importance of queuing. Um, but I definitely share this sentiment. Like I hate it, hate, hate queuing <laughs> other people, even with a checklist, because yeah, I, I just thought that it was too much. Like I didn't have time. I didn't have time, yeah. but it's important. It's important for your team. You have to do that for your team and for yourself. Yep. I I, I have tips that I will provide like in the next episode for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it all ties into why programmatic is, can be so can be so difficult. And I, I should also say that like 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I tentatively titled this the airing of grievances in one of my emails and one of my like communications to you, right? Is that like everyone has complaints about their work. Let's just let's just be real. Yeah. Programmatic can feel like it has more challenges. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just uh, that's because um, you know, they are like we are relied upon in a way that I think a lot of people can't can't we understand. need it. We're indispensable. Yeah. I understand how you feel. Like, and I think it's a good way to almost wrap up the conversation because I know we've been almost bitching a lot in this whole episode, but bear in fairness, it's to <laughs> it's to educate where are some of those so, the source of some of those challenges. But just know that it's still really exciting. And there is a reason why, even though the big ad tech, I mean, even though the big tech companies have been laying off people, there's a reason why programmatic talent is still in need, right? Like when I talk to people and they're like, oh, we're not going to hire, it's the, it's the recession. I'm like, just for you, I have five other emails to respond that need my people. Yeah. So, so it's just don't hear us complaining as if like, dang, I'm not trying to work with it. Every job, like Brett said, every job you're going to go to, there's going to be something dumb about it, right? But the number <laughs> one reason, despite everything we just said, the number one reason why adopts or attic or let's say programmatic ninjas don't stay working for the same company, it's bad leadership, period. There's nothing other than that. So despite the fact that you might feel isolated, um, despite the fact that you're asked to be perfect and to have all those gold medals and to have gone to the moon at least a few times in your lifetime, despite the fact that <laughs> there's, in addition to having several technologies, there's several documents that you have to be in, um, you know, like the precision and the orientation of details needs to be there. Despite yeah. all of it, if the, the work environment is terrible, um, toxic, unhealthy. That's one of the main reasons why people don't leave because they have too much work to do. They leave because their manager sucks and they don't feel appreciated. They feel overworked, sometimes overworked. They feel underpaid. They feel overwhelmed, and they just tired and they leave. So, just remember that, okay? <laughs> and that's yes. not only programmatic too. Um, actually, remember hearing it on one of the on somebody's podcast interview. I wish I remembered. But most adults, people average 18 to 18 months, I think, at an agency or at a job because of that main reason. Like they don't feel they don't feel um, motivated. The management is just not seeing them as what they are. They, they have no future. So just remember that there's a lot to complain and we can complain about things all day long because there's there's so much things to talk about. Yeah, we didn't Ultimately, get that. is a great field. Tenth of, of the complaints that you could really, but the, right? the thing that I, I I like the way that we're wrapping this up. Particularly, mm-hmm. my intention with with like the list of okay. grievances that I sent over, yeah, necessarily just to to like let us like spill the tea and like complain. It's funny to me because what you said about a lot of the reasons that people leave mm-hmm. jobs is is really because of leadership and mm-hmm. the environment that gets created mm-hmm. for for people who work in programmatic or in ops or whatever field. Um, what's interesting to me is that a lot of these challenges were listed, right, are res- what I would call results of mm-hmm. a lack of, of leadership in some cases, you could say, right? Like the agencies that we work for have a hard time creating an environment that yeah. it's sustainable for a trader to work in. But the thing that I think is really interesting to me is that the job that I'm in right now at Canvas Worldwide I, previously, I was at Media Hub, which is part of IPG, and that was also a really good experience. 
this too. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I will say that for some reason, something clicked for me recently, like at Canvas, where I don't think it had clicked for me before, is mm -hmm. that uh, these complaints that I have and these things that I've that I've sort of seen in programmatic, and I don't think any of the things that we're talking about are going to feel like mm -mm. a surprise to, to most people who work in programmatic. No, for sure not. They, they're really not like things that when you when you sit and think about them are going to destroy your ability to do your job. And they, they really feel to me like once you become aware of these challenges that you face yeah. in programmatic, they feel like opportunities for us to change our work habits and for me, the the biggest one that I that I latched onto was um, programmatic. Feels like it doesn't get a lot of attention unless mm -hmm. we make mistakes. Oh yeah, so for sure. A lot of what I have put my energy to now, instead, where I would previously feel creatively frustrated, like I, I would put together new ideas and experiments and things, and feel like they wouldn't go anywhere. Um, I started to put more of that creative energy yeah. into figuring out how I could make fewer mistakes. Uh -huh. and, feel like pride in that right like if people are not bothering me that means that I'm doing my job well and I've started to just you embrace, know, that. <laughs> embrace the peace embrace the quiet embrace the solitary because you know I just wrote a, an article and this is going to air in February but back in January <laughs> I wrote an article about how I got started and I just talked briefly about my journey and one of the main thing I say is that back in the days when I first got hired as a trader one of the first thing that the traders was saying is that the trader's responsibility is optimization, optimization, whether it's automated or manual, right? And so you have no idea how many traders will come to me and say, I have no time of optimizing. Like sometimes I don't have the time to look at my campaign more than twice a month. And I'm like, what? And you don't have like nothing looking at it. That's so scary. Because like you said, because we are the expert in that technology in that particular space we're pulled in multiple direction for strategy for sales for internal presentation right because like how many times have you gone a slack from account manager i have a quick question could you help on a call or been pulled into like a client randomly <laughs> if you guys are not watching the youtube video you should see brett's face on this one <laughs> I, 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 I have literally asked my my supervisors and my team in the past like don't like how, how do we i'm trying to trying to build these campaigns can we stop can we stop with the questions in the meetings but like yeah yeah okay. it's it's very frustrating like how do you want me yeah. to be successful at not making a mistake if my time during like my time is not valued right it's a sacred time and I remember at one of the agency that we worked with we had like a no disturb no matter what and mm -hmm. it was like uh I think it was like the rule was like we could only use that three times a week right <laughs> and it was like uh two hours and a half max of blocking your time and every single trader used that every single trader used that and there was yeah. like many rules like not the whole department cannot go on do not disturb for instance thing like that so it will have to be rotating uh, but that worked really well right and um so if you're hearing this and you're like this is me like reach out to brett reach out to me there's ways we can help that's why we're doing what we're doing that's why we ha I have the community of the programmatic meetup and we have a slack channel and those are the type of questions we always get like how do i get this done uh, what do you think about YouTube inventory banners versus like open web? Like both of them are sucky. Which one suck less? You know, things like that. But it's the importance of community. And it's been really hard to build this community because 
like you said, it's isolated. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to reveal too much. I, I receive so many DMs and I'm like, ask that in public so that p- other people can learn from you. You know what I mean? Um, so I get it. Journal. We don't talk about no. it. Yeah, but you'll go on Twitter and like uh, hashtag PPC chat. They talk about PPC stuff all the time, very specific to Google ads sometimes, very specific to search. The Reddit channel, I actually never, I, I remember checking a handful of time. I should go back and um, really tap into that, to that market, but. I'm pretty I'm pretty active in the, in the programmatic subreddit. Yeah. There's a lot of good conversation. That yeah. In particular, there people ask questions. My favorite questions that people ask in there are when people jump in and say things like, you know, I'm feeling burnt out. Yes. What do you guys do to handle this? I've had a conversation about coming from programmatic. What are some other fields that I should be looking at? Like, yeah. I also see people ask a lot, how do you like working at agencies versus brands versus like, oh, that's good. Publisher or DSP side. Like a lot. Those are fun conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always, I love hearing the different perspectives because I had a handful of people within the community that, worked for an agency and went for brand and they had very interesting thing to share and it's not always the best when you go to the brand side versus the agency side <laughs> right but it's not as bad um yeah. so there's like several several i think that could be another series on its own <laughs> What's funny, yeah like the whole, the whole time we're going through this call like yeah. talking about i'm like well we yeah. can talk about that as a whole episode and it's like <laughs> yeah. i also said like stop sending me you know, meetings and questions and things like that. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, like this is what we're here for. I, I rely 100% on my strategy counterparts too, yeah. to keep, keep me from falling in like a programmatic hole. Right. And like, just yeah. in there at my keyboard. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I think that's a good way to end this because all of the people that worked very closely within a team that I was part of or within my team that were programmatic ninjas like myself, we are still very good friends. Some of them have come to my wedding, to my baby showers, my bridal showers, to my my bachelorette party. That's how close we still are over the years. And it goes to say that even though it does feel like an isolated island, you do can build not only partnership, but really great friendship with those people that <laughs> share share their, their struggle with you a little bit. Yeah. And that's a positive thing too, you know? Um, how many times have I worked for like, especially in other departments, right? Especially in media and advertising, where you've heard other departments complain about, I don't have no friends here. Everybody's like cutthroat or everybody's like, it's my way or the highway, you know? And like sometimes as programmatic ninjas, we we don't share that as much. At least not in my experience. Now, somebody might be listening and be like, everybody's a bitch. No, um, not everybody's perfect, but once in a while you do find those individuals that really inspire you, empower you as well. And so find your tribe. It's on Reddit, on Reddit. Like I said, it's you can find a tribe that can really help uplift you a little bit. Yeah. So tell me, Brett, how what is like three things you want everyone to remember from our conversation in this episode uh, before we go ahead and end this? Great question. So Programmatic is hard. <laughs> Damn. Programmatic is hard. <laughs> yeah. Programmatic is hard to learn, uh, but it's, it can be very rewarding when you mm-hmm. when you when you put in the effort. And um, yeah. I think people should honestly be comforted by the fact that it's hard because yeah. a lot of people. Um, I think no matter what your job is, you're going to run into points where you feel frustrated. You feel yeah, that's good. Um, 
there are barriers to entry in every field, especially mm -hmm. once you bring in um, if questions of diversity and ethnicity. Yeah. Like it's media in particular is a very tricky situation, and I think it's changing a lot, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's honestly good that programmatic is hard, um, and it <laughs> feels hard because that that should let you know that when you're feeling down. It's not because you suck. It's because our jobs are. You know, <laughs> jobs are that's a good one. Yeah, that's, yes. that's good. yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> you don't suck. It's just hard. Yeah. That's Honestly, the episode of uh, the title of the episode. It's yeah. just hard. <laughs> it's not you. It's programmatic. Um, yeah, it's not you. <laughs> yeah. So that's number one. Number two yeah. is I think once you once you make time and space mm -hmm. for yourself to think about the child, the particular challenges that you're facing. Mm -hmm. in your because not everyone is going to feel have the exact same issues that are facing them in programmatic a lot of us are going to feel that like have the same if we use the same dsp we have the same issues like yeah anybody uses db 360 with me is probably i don't know how many times i've run have i've gotten frustrated that i can't prioritize and tier audiences like i can in trade desk but we have little things like that that suck right but yeah there are great parts of our job that once you acknowledge the challenges and mm -hmm. deal with them, I think you can still have lots of fun and programmatic. And in number three, there's always something that we should still be learning. And like I find myself, you know, taking taking breaks after I launch a big campaign because I, I personally have a work style where I get a lot done in quick bursts and then I can relax a little. Wow, yeah. Um, and so I've started using those 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 downtimes kind of like like a shift like i'm a firefighter right mm -hmm. like when i'm building a campaign and i'm hustling i i go as fast as i can and um yeah. you know get the job done but then i take the time to relax and enjoy what i just did and plug. celebrate the wins yeah celebrate the wins that's powerful well thank you so much for sharing I think this conversation was super, super productive. I think it's going to inspire and empower uh, our listeners. And so again, if anyone has a question for you, want to find out more about the website or about the community that you're going to build with the content you're going to create, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, great question. People can always connect with me on LinkedIn, Brett Middleton. Um, and uh, the dailyprogger.com is going to be live at the time that these episodes are airing unless there's some sort of programmatic firestorm which i don't know it could be who knows what's going to happen <laughs> regardless all of brett's information is going to be in the show notes and any description on all of our social posts and if you don't remember linkedin you can always tap into to our network and and just ask us where the heck is brett and we'll point it yep. to you yeah um, and, and i'm gonna try to make my website like as open as i can right and it I honestly don't know everything that I'm going to be adding into it. It's going to be sort of a living thing that I that I make as I learn more about what people yeah. are speaking with in programmatic these days. Um, I think I think that's great. Like when you started talking, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to remove that. But I'm not even going to remove that because it shows authenticity. It shows that there's a lot going on, but we're going to go at it as it comes. And yeah. that no matter what, I strongly believe that every single voice on this planet needs to be heard. Um, and yours certainly does. And I can guarantee that it's going to help a lot of people. And that's the whole point. It's to make sure that people hear more about what we do. And I don't even now that I think about it, it's not even us complaining this episode. <laughs> even though it does sound like I was bitching at least. 
But <laughs> the reality is that I'm trying to be for real, like down to earth, real talk. This is what ha- happened type of situation. And now, you know, at least you know some of it. This so, is what's going on the here in the programmatic world. Yeah. So cheers to you being authentic. Cheers to you being like having those real talk with us and really putting it out because nobody wants to talk about, but we all feel the same. Um, <laughs> and then again, this is only one, the first episode of the series. So we'll see Brett next week. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Brett.